Hey guys, you are listening to the Stressed Out Podcast. Welcome! Yep, I am Matt Jones. I'm Haley Ray. And our other dude, uh, the third member of the Three Musketeers, also known as David Lucas, is actually out today mm-hmm. because he is actually on an audition. So you can't hate on that, you know? So Yeah, gotta he's support. Gotta, he, he's gotta make that paper, you know? Yeah. So. Probably um, killing it right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We, we are sending him good juju, sending yeah. him good vibes all good and all vibes. that kind of stuff, you know? Everybody in L.A. always says that. Everybody's like, good, good vibes, vibes for you. No one really knows what it means when you say good vibes. I think it just means like... I think I know what it means. Well, it, it, if you want to get very technical, it's basically like, I'm sending my thought frequency out to you. It's like very Star Wars-y. Have you, you ever know? gotten like... Um, like recently I was searching for a new apartment and I would get good vibes or bad vibes from apartments. Oh yeah, definitely because it's it's of the uh of the certain person who lived there. Yeah. Oh, you know? yeah, I think it's that. Yeah, for sure. It's like they're they left their vibes behind. I don't know. <laughs> that sounds too like spiritual for me. Mm, I really don't think it's that weird though, you know? I mean, and it's not just cuz we live in LA. I think it's like everything kind of is sort of spiritual and it's like Whenever you finally actually do, um, when you kind of really do think about it, it just makes sense. You know what I mean? It's like if you hit a table, mm-hmm. it's going to make like little like particles if you zoomed in under a microscope. And it's mm-hmm. like it would make sense that kind of people's, whatever you want to call it, their essence can kind of linger. I don't think that's new agey really. I think it's – I think we just – new agey people attached to that kind of thing. Yeah. But I don't think it's necessarily new agey. I guess so. Yeah. You know, it actually makes a lot of sense. Have you ever saged a new apartment? No, but everybody always says that. They always say to burn some sage. I there's a comic that I know that was telling me about, you know, like burning sage and throwing matches and stuff cuz I had a friend who I'm positive was possessed mm-hmm. and he was like burn some sage in your apartment cuz he was staying with me. And I no, I never did, but you know, I've heard that before. Yeah, my sister did that actually in some of her friends. I'm thinking about doing it in my new place. We'll yeah. See. Oh, it's just kind of a weird thought like that, you know, like there are there are actually like demons that are just like they hate the smell of sage mm-hmm. so much that they just like leave, you know? Mm-hmm. That's what's yeah. so weird about it, you know? Yeah. Well, today I'm pretty stressed out. Why are you stressed? Let's talk about it because that's the name of this podcast. Yeah, stressed out. So basically, yeah. So yesterday I moved. I moved. I ended up moving. You moved. Where'd you move to? Well, I didn't move far. I'm still in Beverly Hills. I went from South Beverly Hills to North Beverly Hills. So a little bit of an upgrade. Big gap. Yeah, big gap. Um... I was really Wait, what's the difference? Because Beverly Hills all seems nice. Is it sort of like Venice Beach where like there's these guys with mustard stained sweatpants outside of the <laughs> castle and then it's like they're doing shitty street art and then there's just this amazing four-story house right across the street? No, it's like um, – so Beverly Hills has three different zip codes, the classic 90210 uh-huh. that a lot of people know from the TV show. And then there's yeah. 90212, which is where I used to live, which was – the south, and then the east part is 90211, and then there is really no west part of it. And then there's 90210. You mentioned, yeah, 90210. So I went from okay. the south to the north. So I was in, I used to be in 90212. Now I'm going to, now I'm in 90210. But uh, oh my gosh, yeah, it, this is, is like, Luke Perry there, just uh, like gazing at you <laughs> like he's looking into the sun. I mean, I haven't met all the neighbors yet, so we'll see. Yeah, but um, yeah, no, I'm excited about it. I'm one of those people that's very 
like OCD. Like I like, I don't like the act of moving, but I like once everything's set up and I'm in the new place, I'm happy. Uh-huh. So I'm not totally set up. I'm like 50% unpacked and I'm still waiting on some furniture. So that's definitely stressing me out right now. I'm just, I just want to get it done. I want everything set up. Moving is very, very, very stressful. Yeah. And I hate it. Um, It's weird. How long have you been in LA? Well, uh, I've been you, in California three years, but LA, like, only really two years. Okay, so I remember, okay, I moved here when I was 24. Mm-hmm. Every time I would move, mm-hmm. it was really kind of weird. Like, well, actually, no, just the first time I moved between apartments. I think it was because I, like, it was, okay, I was, like, 24. I moved to Whittier, which is L.A. County, but not the city of L.A. Mm-hmm. And then I moved to Koreatown. And I remember when I moved to Koreatown, it was just this weird thing that it hit me yeah. that my life was going to be a lot of moving and there wasn't going to be a lot of stability for a while. Because I had been oh, in Chicago yeah. for four years before that, so I'd already been away from uh-huh. home. But I remember I just started sobbing. I, like, curled up on my bed. Oh. And I just, oh, that's the worst thing to hear a girl say is be like, oh. Yeah, this is actually <laughs> my. it's like, I started sobbing. Yeah. Oh, this is my sixth place I lived in California. Sixth in sixth. two years? No, in three years. Because I started in OC. I was in Anaheim for a month. Jeez. Yep. Literally lived in a dining room. Um, you lived in a dining room? A dining room. I um, moved in with my friend. She had a one bedroom. And so she yeah. had the bedroom and I rented the dining room <laughs> for a month. And then together we took over someone else's lease in Fullerton, so we lived in Fullerton for six months, finished out that lease. Then she went away on tour, and then I was like, oh, no, I got to find a place, and I don't know anybody. So that's when I end up in that mansion that I've spoken about in, in previous podcasts. Yeah, the the dreaded mansion. That was like <laughs> No, that no, was... this is the first mansion, the good mansion. Oh, so yeah, 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 good yeah, yeah. I remember you for, lived in a good one for, for a while. For seven months, and then I moved to the – when that ended, I'm – yeah, the awful mansion. I was there just for like less than a month. And then I moved to Beverly Hills and I stayed in my, my last place for two years with my roommate and it was awesome and great and everything's happy and life's been good ever since. And then just yesterday I moved to my new place with my boyfriend and uh, yeah, and now here I am. And I yeah. think it's going to be good. I got good vibes. Yeah, you can kind of tell. I remember I moved to a place in North Hollywood, speaking of good or bad vibes, and and there was something about it that was just very uncomfortable. I knew mm-hmm. it was a bad side of town. Yeah. I knew because everybody had that, like, it was like a big jack-in-the-box without a roof on it. Like, everyone was <laughs> scratching their neck and talking to themselves. Oh, no. Yeah, there was just a creepy, there was just a very creepy vibe about it. And uh, basically what ended up happening was I, I walked into the leasing office. And first off, the name of the company who leased it, it was called The Sours. That's their last name. Mm-hmm. And I remember I've told so many people, and I'm renting from them again because mm-hmm. my credit's so bad. I've told so many people, like, dude, I'm renting from sou- this like Sour Properties. And they're like, dude, I would never rent from somebody whose last name is Sour. <laughs> and so I go in there. And uh, I asked this guy, I go, is it safe? And he starts doing this head bobble thing, like those little bobble figures <laughs> on the dash of a car, and puts his oh, hands that's out. that's not a good sign. Like, you, you, know the, you know the steel, you know the, yeah. the, the, the stained glass window exactly. of Jesus with his hands out? I have a Hello He's Kitty kind of doing that, yeah, with his hands out. You know, stained glass Jesus hands out, <laughs> and then head bobbling. Oh. And then I asked him, I said, is this place safe? He goes, ah, yeah, you know. And I go, no, I don't know. <laughs> and then that's he, he like, sort of does this... It's no big deal. He goes, you believe in God? He goes, ask him to protect you. And he was dead serious. Oh and I go, gosh. I do believe in God. Yeah. And then he, he goes, well, you know, just seek God's protection. You know, no place is super safe. And I'm like, is this place safe? He goes, some guy was murdered. 
And then and then like I was like, this sounds like my monster man. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and and then I, I go, okay, where was he murdered? He goes, yeah, it was. I go, was this like outside of the apartment? He goes, it was in the apartment across the hallway from yours. He's like, it was just some guy. <laughs> and then I'm like thinking, but it was eight fifty at the time for a one bedroom. Oh my goodness. And uh, I was very whipped. Uh-huh. By my girlfriend at the time. This was whenever I still had an open heart with women. You know what I mean? Oh, and I yeah. would just—I didn't know you then. Yeah, you didn't. I didn't you know, know. I never you did got not know me. Meeting then. that man, you never got the pleasure of meeting the nice, sweet, sweet, kind, tender-hearted Matt. I'm still oh, tender-hearted. No, you're but, you still know, tender. I'm still a sweet guy, you know, but mm-hmm. I just a little closed off. Yeah. more so now. Yeah, learning to not be that way. Yeah, but um. So, like, she was, like, my girlfriend at the time was, like, you know, she goes, I really want a place where, like, I can, like, rollerblade. <laughs> like, <laughs> what? Like, she, she likes to rollerblade. That's so specific. Yeah, yeah. And, and she wanted to, like, rollerblade around the block. And I yeah. was just, like, thinking, I'm, like, she's, a, she, she's like, a very independent girl. And I'm, like, she's going to be rollerblading. And I don't want her to get, like, shanked with a box cutter while she's, like, you know, just being so cute. Caring. Cute and rolling down the street on her rollerblades. Yeah. So I was like paranoid mm-hmm. about staying there. But then I was like, you know what? Say eight fifty a month, we can't risk it. And I'm like, I can't spend an extra three hundred dollars a month because my girlfriend wants to rollerblade in circles <laughs> around the house, you know, I like mean, a child. That's not that bad of a request because my request when I was looking for yeah. places like it had to have a dishwasher. I wanted to stay in Beverly Hills. You I were wanted very to, specific. Yeah, I wanted to have ha- in all my things. I was like, wanted a place that I could at least get one pet, if not multiple pets. Yeah. Um, Do you have a dog? Not yet, but this year we're getting a dog. That is the this plan. This year you're getting a dog. Yeah. Dope. Yeah, that's the plan. Um, I grew up with a golden retriever. I've had a golden. I had him for gosh, like 19 years. He was awesome. That is um, the ultimate sign of just togetherness in your personal life as a golden retriever. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know any shit like shitty meth heads who just have like a golden retriever in yeah, the living room while yeah, they're like free basing. But it is a big dog, and the thing is, he's gonna have to be an emotional support animal for my uh-huh. anxiety and OCD because technically we have to keep a dog under 25 pounds. Um, if we can't do that, then the dog I really want, but Adam's not excited about, is a uh, toy pomeranian. So toy pomeranian, one of little miniature. He's like, not excited about cup. that. Not as much. Well, he's really a military want... guy. You kind of got to respect it. You can't feminize him too much. <laughs> yeah, the reason why you were attracted like to dog. him is because he's got a masculine energy. Like yeah, if you softened, sure. if you sandpapered him down too much, he'd be like, you know, I'm just going to become a lesbian. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> You're attracted to no. masculine energy. Yeah, you know? and he definitely stands his ground for sure because yeah. I, I actually years ago in a past relationship did live with an ex-boyfriend. And so you just sanded down? I took over. That apartment was pink yeah. and lace and bows and like sparkles and glitter and bedazzled. Yeah, so you stop respecting it him? It did not look like a man lived there. <laughs> did you stop respecting him? Subtly. Um, subtly. Because I believe that all women will walk all over if you let them. You know, I did for multiple reasons, but maybe that was one of them. <laughs> um, but yeah, we lasted like less than a year. Yeah, living girls are together. so cruel. But also, we moved in together really fast. So, um, was it a codependent relationship? That That's one, my word. I like to throw I've around. Had a, a I think I've, everybody's codependent. I've had a codependent relationship, but that wasn't the one. My one before yeah. that was. I won't, it sounds like I date a lot, but I've only had a couple of relationships. But yeah. yeah, were you ever? A, were you ever? A, I, I know we probably don't want to uh-huh. talk about relationships too much. I know we, we always all, talk about. We it. always talk about it, but hey, we're in our twenties and thirties. You know what this I mean? Is like it's like when that happens. This is it, it's for whatever reason our brains ninety percent of it is is that's what's flopping around our head. I mean, we're humans. It's we're like human. You just, friendships and relationships. If you don't have that, then what else do you have? What else like, do you have? You know? Right? I mean, even you could even argue that people who are sociopaths and narcissists they really just want relationships, right? and they think that they have to like. Like 
tyrannize people to be able to get them. You Life's know? pretty boring alone. It is, you know. It is. It's yeah. very boring alone. But like, did you date a lot before you were, you know, in relationships and whatnot? Um, you know what? I had my first relationship at like thirteen, and then we stayed. You're a relationship. We girl. stayed I together for tell, eight years. You know? But then I dated a little bit, and then I was with a guy for a year. And then yeah. I dated a little bit, and then I was like with a guy for six months. Wasn't that serious though? And then, and then I was alone for a long time. From like, gosh. I was alone for at least a couple, like two years, completely I think alone. That's good. And then I met Adam. I think that's good because sometimes you kind of have to take yourself out of the game to be able to attract a different type of person because yeah. you'll just keep dating. I'm in a 12-step program, and my sponsor once told me, he was like, dude, he goes, I realized that I kept dating. He goes, I went through five, six relationships as the exact same girl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it was like, you know, and he said, he said something to me one time. He goes, the rocks in your head will always fit the holes in theirs. And that's, that's very, that's like if you're in a bad place, Oh yeah. whether you're a guy or a girl. Uh So like if you're in sort of an addictive place, the rocks in your head will fit the holes in his meaning like, you know what I mean? Like both of you are kind of, you know, like a little nutty. You need two whole people to make a relationship. As much as whole can be, you know what I mean? What is that anyways? No one's perfect. Well, I. It means that you have a sense of self and you're not seeking to heal yourself through another person. For That's me, what whole is It to was me. like I you know? wanted to have my life as together as I could on my own before bringing someone else into the mix and then making our life. Now we're working on making our lives as good as we can together. Totally, totally. Yeah, yeah. but still having our independent projects, obviously. We're not codependent. We're, That's we're good. kind of day and night, actually. That's dope dealer. So yeah. you're, you're stressed about moving into the new place then? Yeah, I mean, so everything's moved. Yeah. We spent all day yesterday. Like I literally woke up at 7 a.m. I went and got the truck. And the night before, I had spent the entire um, evening and night packing. So we packed from, gosh, like from, say, 5.30 p.m. until Ugh. like 1 a.m. We just packed. We packed the whole apartment. And then I woke up at 7 a.m., went and got the truck. Um, we went and got the keys, came back, and then we just loaded the truck and brought it over. We And then came back and did that three times until we had everything over there. The hardest thing to move is a mattress. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Did you guys get movers? Nope. We did it ourselves, just the two of us. Good for you. You know what? When I, when I first moved out here, I hired movers, and uh, they were of the Latin persuasion. Mm-hmm. And, From Home uh, Depot? No, no, well, no, no. David Lucas has done that before. David Lucas, our co-host. I did that when I first moved Beverly Hills. David Lucas, I'll tell that story here in a second, but these guys were packing up my stuff. I, I Like, it was a moving company. Yeah. And I, I had my arms crossed, and I never felt like, I never felt like so much white guilt in my life, because it's like, I just have like my hands on my hips, and I'm like watching these two Mexicans like move my couch, <laughs> oh. and they're carrying it, everything out to my car, uh-huh. and I just felt like very like, I'm like, for some reason, even though I paid for this, it doesn't feel right. Yeah. I was like, you guys need a hand? And yeah. they're like, no. Yeah. Um, but David Lucas, he went to Home Depot, <laughs> gets these two guys, and then uh, they dent his wall. Oh, no. They dent his wall. And then he goes, David Lucas. His old place or the new place? Old place. Oh, no. David Lucas is not politically correct at all. Uh-huh. And and he's just like, he goes, what y'all is, some fake Mexicans? And then, like, they say that he, he goes, y'all Salvadorian? 
And then he says that to him. And then like, they just like looking at him. Cause it's like, what can you say to David Lucas? He's a big guy and he, he could like knock you out. Yeah. You know? And it's like, <laughs> he's, silence. Yeah, yeah. 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 So it's like, he's, uh, and that's the thing I love about David because mm-hmm. he doesn't hold any thoughts in. <laughs> no. Like there's like no thoughts that he holds in. Like yeah. it's almost like a stomach cramp. Like he just like, <laughs> it's like, he just lets it fly out of his mouth. There's no Brita f- water filter between his brain and his mouth. He yeah. just like spits stuff out mm-hmm. and it's so funny and so witty. Yeah. But also like if anybody else said it, it'd be so offensive. Like if I, yeah. I couldn't say that. Yeah. I you feel like I mean? I'm kind of like that too. I don't have much of a filter, but the it's like there isn't that much to filter. Like I don't really have that many bad thoughts. Yeah. No, I was going to say you never come off as like really harsh or. No. But you know, I mean, maybe you have like a side of you that's like very hidden you know what I, I mean? definitely like, this is what my hidden side is and I think only Adam sees this is when I'm very stressed out and anxious and like OCD I have like little mini breakdowns where I definitely snap and I just like I'll just snap at him like you know what I mean <laughs> I can tell like, you're very OCD I don't start screaming or anything I can, but I just like get very harsh very quick I'm like this shit needs to get done now and this is what it is or else this isn't gonna work yeah. Yeah. I let it know. Like, I, Do you threaten the relationship with him? No, no, good, no. Good, because no, I was going to say that's not fair. That. You shouldn't do that. No, no. We've decided like we're together for life. That's my guy. That's, that's awesome. We're together. Yeah. yeah, that's good. Yeah, I like I like your uh, I like your boyfriend. He came to uh, he came to we, we actually guys not only a stressed out podcast a thing we actually celebrated Thanksgiving together. <laughs> we did all of American us. It's very kind of you know what I mean. This yeah. is not just business. It's friendship. No, you know it what is. I mean. We've mixed our friendship and business. Yeah. Um. But on Thanksgiving, yeah, she brought Adam over, and then I brought uh, a dude named uh, Jason, who's <laughs> actually a really great actor. Yeah. But he. He's he's insane. <laughs> but the, he, all the best actors are. But I mean, like literally crazy. And yeah, I've known this guy nuts. for a long time. We grew up in the same small town. But he looks like Jack Nicholson in The Shining after Jack Nicholson has snapped. And he's like making his way through the door with an axe. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, like Haley Ray was like, he looks like Negan from Walking Dead. And I he haven't watched Walking Dead like yet. sounds like Negan. He looks and sounds like him. And you showed me him. And then I was like, holy crap. And then That's you could him. tell his feelings were a little hurt. He was like, I really remind you of this guy. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. I didn't mean to like that. I mean, But he does. Oh, he acts like him. Yeah. He legitimately acts yeah. like him. He could probably play Negan better than... I think that if there was a zombie apocalypse and then like we gave somebody like a baseball bat with nails embroidered in it, I would want this guy swinging it because he is so uninhibited. I could picture him just like literally killing some major zombies. Uh Uh-huh. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. He's a character. Yeah. He's he's like an actual real life character. That was a great Thanksgiving. It was a good Thanksgiving. You got to have those... I don't know. I, holidays have gotten a little. Now that holidays are over, they've gotten kind of sad You're in sad a way. Now? No, no, I'm not. No, 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 no. I'm not sad now. I'm in a really good place. I mean, holidays kind of get more sad because it's like I go back home and visit my family who I love so much, and I'm in this transitory place to where it's like I'm not married. I don't have my family. I don't want to be married yet. Mm-hmm. But it's like I kind of go back home. My sister's married, uh-huh. and uh, you know I. I'm kind of in this place where it's like you're not really where you want to be fully in your mm-hmm. career. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy generally, but when I go back home, it, it kind of makes me feel like I'm a little kid again, mm-hmm. but I'm not a little kid. Yeah. And then it's like I, I know my sister thinks I'm like sort <laughs> of a loser, even though I work really hard because she married like a millionaire. Uh-huh. And, so and she's set. Yeah, she thinks she's Steve Jobs now. You know <laughs> what I mean? And so... 
Oh, and she's a wow. good, she's like, that's not why she married him. Uh-huh. But it's like, I can just tell there's a gap of understanding each one. I mean, you got married when you were 20. Like, oh. you've struggled, I think that's but terrible. not in the same way. Like, you haven't had that deep-seated, like, existential struggle where you're, like, curled up in a ball of L.A. And it's uh-huh. like, it's like, who the hell am I? And, like, you know, <laughs> like, some casting director is like, next. Right. You know, just totally. that thing that everybody out here goes through, yeah. you know? Like, that makes you a better person. I or it totally makes you a meth head. One yeah, of the what you are saying about, like, your family treating you like a kid, because my family yeah. still is. When my parents knew that found out we were moving, um, my mom sent me, like, a website link to Ikea.com. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, as if I could have figured that out on my own. <laughs> like, as if I hadn't yeah. heard of Ikea or that I didn't know that I could... That Ikea had a website. <laughs> right, right, right. It's like, Mom, I've been to Ikea. <laughs> but you know, know what, what, though? You're always going to be, this is, this. I sound like a mom saying this, but you're always going to be their baby. You know what I yeah. mean? That's what my mom always says to me. You're always going to be yeah. my child. And it's like, I love my parents. You yeah. know, I really do. It's Did you just, ever get that book when you were a kid? And it's like, I love you forever. No. Your mom would read it to you? No. Oh, really? No. That was like a popular book. Like a lot of people I know, their their parents got this book and read it to them. And it's like kind of this poem. Uh, what's his name? Robert Munch wrote it. Robert Munch. I've never yeah. heard of him. He sounds what? like he sounds like an Inspector Gadget villain. Oh, you know what? Actually, he's a Canadian <laughs> writer. But I know a lot of American yeah. kids had the same book in their childhood. Had the same book. Like Adam had the same one and he's American. Yeah. Yeah. He was like, are you closer to your mom or your dad? Um, I'm not re- like really close to either of them. Like I, I like them both. I mean, I love them both, but I'm definitely in personality similar to my dad for sure. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I yeah. Think me and my, my mom argue much more than I ever argue with my dad. Uh-huh. Yeah. Totally. Mm-hmm. Totally. I think it's, I'm probably closer to my mom, but it's like, I, in some ways, I think that, uh, I love both of my parents and I, I had my dad and I used to argue a lot, mm-hmm. but, um, we, we have a good relationship now. I, mm-hmm. I've like ironed everything out, you know, like I love my mom and I love my dad, but like, I actually, I, you know, I take that back. I think I'm more like my dad because I think I am who my dad really is. Does that make sense? Uh-huh. Like my dad's very conservative and we're very withdrawn and by conservative, I'm, I'm not talking about in a political sense, like very you know, reserved. Yeah. You know? And I think that, you know, it's like if I'm sort of... he wasn't like that, he'd be like you. Yes. Got you. You know? Yeah, I and get so it. I think it's like I'm sort of his, like, I'm sort of his consciousness projected. <laughs> you know? Maybe. Maybe he just instilled that in you. Maybe, yeah. yeah. He told me he wanted to be an actor, and he, whenever I was like 21 or 22, and he was uh-huh. like, you're chasing what I wanted to do. Yeah. And I was like, what the hell? I was like, I had no idea. Yeah. And it's maybe crazy. you're the reason he didn't do that. Maybe. I don't know. Did, do, did your parents want to do entertainment? Um, My dad, no, never. Um, But I know my mom once upon a time thought about being a, like a news broadcaster, like a news anchor. A news anchor? Yeah. That's what my sister wanted to do. Yeah. yeah. She was interested in journalism, but she ended up going to school for education and became a teacher. Yeah. Your family, Haley Ray's family was on the podcast, guys, uh, a few weeks ago. We just mm-hmm. released the episode last yeah. week. But mm-hmm. um. Your family kind of seems sort of like charismatic. Like there's always more. Everybody <laughs> uh-huh. always looks at somebody else's family differently yeah. because you don't have the emotional attachment. You didn't uh-huh. grow up with them. Of I'm course. just seeing like the projection. No, I know. What, You're not the first person to say that. But they, they have like a charismatic, like very bubbly. Like you guys can all go to the ro- – like ride a roller coaster together. 
And like you, you pay for the picture that it like snapshots whenever you're going down. You know uh-huh. those pictures they take on roller yeah, coasters. Yeah, yeah. Like you were the your family seems like the family that would actually buy that picture and yeah. like put it in the living room. Oh, totally. I've gotten that you know? before. People would be like, "Your family feels like you're ready to like throw a party at any moment." Yeah, like, yeah. Just like go anywhere, or be on a commercial, and I'm like, okay. But it's like obviously it's different when you're in the family. But I definitely see that and I've heard that many times before. Well, I think there's a thing where a lot of people, whenever they come to L.A., uh-huh. the thing that drives you to, like, be in entertainment in the first place is you feel like you didn't fit in with your family. Oh, yeah. I definitely, I, I, I'm the black sheep. Yes, that's yes, so true. Yes, L.A. is a city full of yeah. the black sheep. And yeah. I really, I think that, uh, I think that's, and it's not just with your family, it's with life, with yeah. everybody. Even you know what I mean? I don't have anybody And in my in community, with, I, I would see. Well, I think I like definitely fit in with my community, but I didn't. Who's your community? Like, like my town I'm from. Oh, okay. Yeah. You like your community. For some reason, when you say community, <laughs> I picture like a village where people are like hunting wolves and like roasting marshmallows. <laughs> You're like, I'm offended with my I community. Mean, <laughs> That's not where I'm from, but no, I mean, like, I'm very proud to be, like, Canadian and be from Oak Bay uh, or Victoria, but, yeah, um, and I love the people there, but it, there weren't, there was very, very, very few people that I could, Mm -hmm. like, sit down and have a conversation and they saw life the same way I did and had that same, like, you know, most people, they're born there, they live there, they get married to someone from their high school there, they have kids young, and then that's just their life and they die, and it's like, I don't know. I, I think I know like one other person that left. It's like everyone just stays there. I'm going straight to the core right now, straight go, going straight to the heart of the matter. But did you feel a lot of loneliness as a kid? Um, I guess so. Yeah, a little yeah. bit. Yeah, just because like yeah. that. I, the thing is, but like I had a lot of friends. Like, um, you know, I remember every year at my birthday party, there'd be like so many kids there. Like it was crazy and our house was always filled with, with friends. Um, so it wasn't like I didn't have friends, but I felt like, no one else had like their brain didn't work the same way or they didn't um see the world or see life the same way as I right. did. But maybe that's all inside my head. But I, I'm not one who's afraid to have that conversation and get right down to like the deep and the nitty gritty right away. And most people It scares a lot of people. Yeah, or they or they were just scared to take chances. Like they were just happy settling. Or maybe to them that's just made them happy, but to me I saw that as like settling. I was listening to uh Joe Rogan's podcast. I, I like his podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't listen to a lot of podcasts like anymore. Him. But um, my favorite singer songwriter is Billy Corgan, just because I love the Smashing Pumpkins. You know, mm-hmm. do you remember that band? Yes. yes, I love them. And he said to Billy Corgan, this was like maybe like a few weeks ago, a month ago, or something when he interviewed him. And uh, he said Billy Corgan was talking about his childhood, mm-hmm. and Joe Rogan was like, "I don't know anybody who's super interesting that didn't have a really complicated childhood." And then oh, yeah. Billy Corgan was like, I want to disagree with you, but I kind of can't. Yeah. And it's like, I For think sure. that as much as struggle sucks, uh-huh. I am so glad yeah. that like I struggled. And it's like, because I it made me read a ton. Like I've, I don't know how many books I've read, not yeah. to sound toot my own horn, being narcissistic, uh-huh. but it's like, I just wanted to find answers. Like, why do you feel this way? Why do I feel this way? Why uh-huh. is life this way? Yeah. It, it forces you to do shit. Do you feel that like you it normally was a, want to do. your childhood and adolescence was a constant struggle or like an up and down? 
I felt severely like, and I'm not trying to sound like it's a true Hollywood story, like sad sob story. I mean, my parents are still together, you know, like Mine I didn't, too. I didn't go through years. certain things, but I, I can't explain it. I felt I had a growing disorder mm-hmm. and like, I was like freakishly small, like I was like tiny Tim and I had to go to like a growth doctor yeah. and get shots like oh, steroids, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, um, I you remember, like that too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like I remember like just being like massively picked on. And that did something. But then I also just remember feeling like deep, deep, like loneliness. Like I remember when I was like five, mm-hmm. I started sobbing over the fact that people die. Like you shouldn't be thinking about that when you're five. I remember I went behind the couch and uh-huh. I was like, uh, like there was like this, like I, I realized it when I was five Yeah. and I just like, I was like super like heavily crying uh-huh. and I was like, my parents are going to die. I was like, I'm going to die. <laughs> and then like, it was just, I don't know who told me yeah. or what, uh-huh. but it was like, and I had OCD. I would wrap everything in tape. Like my parents uh-huh. had to take me to a child psychiatrist because right, right, yeah. I was wrapping everything uh-huh. I cared about in tape. Indeed. It was like this control <laughs> of just wanting to protect everything. Yeah. And um, I used to laminate things in tape. Yeah, it's 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 we it's probably the same thing. And yeah. it was like this weird thing of I could my brain could not rest. I would sit under the sink for like hours washing my hands until they would just start bleeding. Ooh, but like. Yeah like red knuckle uh-huh. and like I would just squirt Vaseline all over my hands. My dad had to fill them up with socks oh, yeah. and I would put them on my hands at night. Uh-huh. And, um, I just remember like, I don't know what it was. It was like severely sad yeah. in my childhood and I was painfully awkward. Yeah. You know, like I could not talk to people. I would like hide at recess. I would like go and hide behind the bushes, yeah. you know, cause I didn't want anybody to see me. It's just weird stuff like that. And that had to have come from somewhere. Cause I don't think that comes from out of nowhere, Yeah. but, um, I don't really know what it was. You know what I mean? But like, mm-hmm. there was just a lot of like pain in my childhood, but I don't really, I can't really count mm-hmm. one singular thing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, it rem- kind of reminds me of there was an weird. exercise we had to do at school once. And I, I can't actually remember why we did it or I think it was in like the seventh grade. I had this teacher named Mrs. Dodds. And it was like. That's such a, <laughs> a seventh grade or second grade? No, seventh grade. That's such a teacher's name, Mrs. Dodd. Like she wears polka dot dresses. And actually, we like were Miss her, Lippy from we Billy were Madison. her first class ever. Like she was a yeah. new teacher. And um, so I don't remember if this was for a certain subject or why we did this. We did an exercise where we were given like a big, long piece of white paper and Uh you had to draw out like a timeline of your life and draw it like literally like so you could see it visually like the ups and downs of your life and then you had to, you know, like put little points on there, draw little pictures to like explain like why certain things were up or down or why. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I don't know, it's funny because now I always think of my life in that same sense of that timeline, like that visual timeline. Uh, But I think... For me, it felt like life was just like, I remember it was just kind of s- straight, like everything was great until about third grade, I got really sick and I was sick until seventh grade. So that was always like a bad point. But then since then, I feel like life's been more or less just getting better and better every year. Minus like- Same here. Little things like um that like that month in that awful mansion, like things like that. Yeah. But other than that, it's been generally really good. You crazy stuff. Yeah. It's like nuts. And and you, you have- your experiences don't fit your image. I know. I don't know how Everyone aware you are. Everyone says that when they get to know me, they're like, what? You're so sweet and bubbly and like <laughs> you're blonde you. and you have like big eyes and everything and you just look I like you're in really awe eyes. and wonder of the world. Uh-huh. And then you're like, somebody locked me in a trunk and tried to kill me. And then I'm just like, what the hell? <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's yeah. just it's just crazy. And it you know? sounds unbelievable. People sound like I'm making up a story. Like it's all. You fake. know what it is? I've it's noticed not. if you have an innocence about you, people don't think you've been through shit because they think that to 
like have that innocent vibe, it uh-huh. means that you're very naive about how the world works and you're like mm-hmm. kind of like Pollyanna and nobody mm-hmm. really gives you the benefit of the doubt to think yeah. that you've been through a lot of stuff. I've actually been compared to Pollyanna before. So yeah, and it. it's like, it, yeah, I have to, you know, mm-hmm. but it's like, because sometimes it's like, I don't know, I, I, I do think some people are more wired to be positive. Mm-hmm. Maybe it might be an actual wiring, but we also have a thing. A lot of people call it negativity bias, uh-huh. where you automatically are going to look for the negative in right. certain situations. Right. You totally. know, and it's like you want to, you know, without sounding like Delilah from Magic ninety five point one, you do want to like feel your feelings. You know, you don't want to be one of those people who's like everything's great, everything's great, everything's so great, well. everything's great. Every yeah, I should just do that. I should. I could be. I could crush it as a sex phone operator <laughs> and be like, "What are you wearing?" I know someone who actually you did know? that. A guy? No, it was a girl. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't live with myself. I'd feel disgusting, just uh, like Connecticut, no. like truckers in Connecticut, I, just like whacking off. Oh, gross! No, <laughs> nasty. I'm not interested. No, thank Me you. Me neither. No, I couldn't. Yeah, never work in uh, that industry. The sex industry? No, not for me. Something about it crushes your soul. I think if I didn't have like a, and I'm, this isn't judging people who do work in it, saying they don't have a spiritual base. I'm talking about myself. If I didn't have a spiritual base, I'd probably would have done porn. Mm-hmm. Like if I if I didn't like have like some kind of like yeah. thing to where I'd be like, no, this is like, yeah. I don't think that this is going to like benefit me. This isn't like healthy mentally and spiritually. Yeah. I can't judge you know? those people. All I, I don't judge is, them at all. It's not for me. I don't judge them at all. Like yeah. I don't think they're bad people at all. But I'm just saying, I, there is a side of me that's like it's not healthy. You know, mm-hmm. I really do believe that, but I get why people do it. I'm mm-hmm. like, I would do it if I, you know, was in a different place. Yeah. You know, totally. Yeah. Hard to judge. Like, you know, we you all can't. make choices. Totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What were we just talking about? We, uh, I feel like we both kind of had a like, you know, having hard, pr- having hard childhood and it making your life story more interesting. Have you talked about somebody who was just everything was perfect for him? Have you ever realized how boring those people are? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I guarantee you're, I mean, I know you you probably don't want to talk about him too much, but like, I guarantee your boyfriend Uh has had struggles. And the reason why is because he's in the military. Oh yeah. It's the same thing with, it's the same thing with comics. Uh People who have had some kind of setback emotionally strip on stage for strangers. And Mm -hmm. it's like, you've been through something to make you want to do that. And I think it's the same thing for the military. It's different Mm -hmm. kind of person, but there's some kind of pain that drove you to that. You know what I mean? Yeah, because it's like... Because it's not a normal thing to do. Even just to go through like boot camp, it's like such extreme pain that like, it's like, I could never do that. I would... I never even talked to him like, well, how do you get out? Like, what if you want to run away? And you can't. You sign a contract, you're there. It's like you're in jail, but you chose to put yourself there. I had a friend who joined the Navy, uh-huh. and the Navy is is not super intense, but he yeah. was like, <clears throat> he realized, I think he went, went into the Navy because he was running from his problems at the time, and he'll probably tell you this now. It's not mm-hmm. like I'm outing, and he, he's doing what he wants to do, and he's really successful, but he was like, at the time, he was like going through a lot of emotional stuff, mm-hmm. so he just signed up for the service, and I think when he got there, he was like, shit, this is not what I want to do for the next four years of my life. And it hit him. He was like, I did not want to do this. Yeah. Point blank, period. Yeah. So he uh, starts starving himself. And they throw him in, in, in you know, he, in Navy jail, military jail, whatever. Like, I don't know how the whole thing works. But they throw him yeah. in jail because he's not eating. And a psychiatrist 
meets up with him and he goes, you want out, don't you? And he goes, yes. He goes, just say you're depressed and I'll write you a thing uh-huh. to say that you're depressed. Cause I know, cause the thing about it is, is he's not going to be effective in the service anyways, you know, and especially if you're doing that. So he was depressed, Yeah. but he, uh, says he's depressed, misses his girlfriend, comes back home, mm-hmm. catches his girlfriend cheating on him. And oh. like his whole life just kind of unravels for the next two years, Yeah. you know? And, uh, but like he was like, damn it, this is not what I want to do. And I can't really blame him because it's like, that's four years of your life. It's your life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I respect people who do it, but it's like, if that's not what you want to do, you know, it's like, you better make sure that that's really what you want to do. And it takes a certain desire to want to be in the service, you know, in a mental fortitude. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I would, I mean, I've never been in the military. I worked on a cruise ship. Um, you worked on a cruise ship. Me and Adam have talked about it a lot, and there's lots of similarities to their type of work and and our type of work. Just like that lifestyle, like not, ours not is the in job, obviously because actors. Are you talking about cruise ships? No cruise ships. Cruise because ships. Like, yeah. I were it was in I was working in entertainment. Obviously, he's doing something different, but that lifestyle, having to live on a ship and be away and not have internet or a cell phone, it's like. Gosh, I would never put myself back there again ever. It was honestly, it was hell. It was really bad. And yeah, I, it's awful. I had to just like plaster a smile on my face to like push through. Like I loved the job, but I hated the lifestyle of being out there. It's just, it's cruel. It's it's not right. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Like, you know, there's a lot of, uh, have you heard the song, um, what's the name of the song? Turn the Page by Bob Seger? Mm, possibly. Okay, so if for some reason, for every year that I get older, the more and more I listen to dad rock. Mm-hmm. And Bob Seger, are you still good on time? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Bob Seger, basically what uh, he – he's the kind of music you listen to in the South while people are just like staring into a fire and drinking beer without communicating their feelings, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Like it's like very like dad rock, you know, like grilling out on the George Foreman grill, you know what I mean? (laughs) Cell phone clip on your Wrangler jeans with your monster truck (laughs) T-shirt tucked in. Um, It's like very, very, very dad rock. Um, but he 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 wrote the song "Old Time Rock and Roll." It's just uh-huh. that old time rock and uh-huh. roll, that kind of music. Well, anyways, he has a song called "Turn the Page," and it's it's like it's there's a st- part in the song is stupid sex. I'm going way too long about the song. Anyways, the song "Turn the Page." He's talking about the loneliness of being on the road, and I've always heard like being on the road is like so lonely. Uh-huh. And I'm like, I think it sounds awesome because I haven't had a chance to be able to travel a lot in my life. I don't really go on the road as a comic. I mostly stay in L.A. Uh-huh. I might go two to three hours outside, mm-hmm. but I, I stay in L.A. I'm not on the road, mm-hmm. and um, I'd like to be at times, but um, like. Every single one of my friends says the same thing. My friend Stephen Briggs, who's on the road a lot, he's like, dude, he's like, I'm, I'm ready to stop being on the road all the time. And mm-hmm. I was like, why? And he's like, I don't know. It's just, it's like, I guess, moving from hotel to hotel and always flying. And mm-hmm. like, I think like people's back starts to hurt. But yeah. Bob Seger wrote a song called um, Turn the Page. And it's just about being on the road and like the loneliness of it. Yeah. And like how you're just, after a while, you just start to feel like, you know, a clown. Like you're going to each and every venue and you're, you know, playing star, you know, yeah. trying to get everybody to like applaud and it's just exhausting. Yeah. That's how I felt. I you felt know? like a puppet. No. You did? Yeah. You, you didn't feel like you were really doing something super creative after a while. You felt like you were part of the machine. It's like, because, yeah. You know, oh, I definitely like felt like I was part of the machine. Yeah. For sure. Um, it's, it's the thing, it's the problem is that it's like you're doing the exact same show, the same thing mm-hmm. every day. It feels, and so it's like. It feels like Groundhog Day because every day is the same. 
same weird. place. I had same a dream time, about that movie last thing. night. Oh, really? Very weird. Yeah. Whoa, weird that I brought that up. Yeah. Yeah, it's just not a good way to live because it feels like life isn't progressing. You're not maturing. You're not growing. Um, and then it, and then when you go back to land and you try to go back to real life, it's like time hasn't been frozen while you've been gone. Like lots has happened. Uh huh. But then also any problems you left when you left, even if it's been years, it's like those problems are still there waiting for you. Yeah. You know what's the crazy thing? Mm-hmm. I think the reason, and I'm not defending it, I mm-hmm. think cheating's wrong, point blank, period. Mm-hmm. But um, I think the reason why some people cheat when they're on the road, guys or girls, mm-hmm. you know, um, if somebody isn't in the entertainment industry, I heard this story about Bon Jovi when he would come home and his family would be like, dude, who the hell are you? Like his kids would look at him weird. Mm-hmm. His wife would look at him weird. Like you got to imagine... Like, okay, like, let's say you're on the road and you're being faithful to your husband or your wife, whatever. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, you're like, people just throw themselves at you when you're yeah. famous. Let's be real. If anybody thinks you have, like, some sort of stuff, people believe it. You know yeah. what I mean? They believe the facade. And, uh, like, people will just throw themselves at you. And after a while, you're just like, no, 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 no. And you come back home and then your kids are acting like, who are you when you've been making money and being faithful? Right. And then, you know, your spouse is like, mad at you because you you've missed all this important things you missed a graduation totally. or all this kind of thing and it's like you're trying to be, do right but then you're also not appreciated mm-hmm. there's all these conflicts with yeah. with somebody they always say you know like that you can make it work and i believe you can but it's challenging yeah. if you're always gone oh i would never choose that life like you would hell, never choose that life especially now no. that you're you're you know like you're serious with somebody you would not oh, want to yeah. be like that was gone like a, all the time. that was a big thing for me and Adam was we had like a breaking point where it was like oh are you going to he was thinking of reenlisting and I was like well then this isn't going to work and so we, we broke up for like a month I was like bye cuz yeah. I was like I'm not going to Is he still he's distance. still enlisted right? Yeah but he's out this month like he gets out the 29th. Ah uh, so I see. So what we're like 20, what is it, like two weeks away, he's out. I hear that like service life is incredibly like hard. Like uh, like I heard a Navy SEAL one time podcast. I listen to so much shit. I know, me too. <laughs> I heard this. You know, it's just a <laughs> bunch of references. But he was talking about how, uh, how taxing it is on like women for Navy SEALs because their beeper goes off and then all of a sudden it's like, well, time to go kill somebody. You know what I mean? They'll yeah. be in like a middle of a wedding. You know how hard that would be? Oh, You're about to get no married way. and your beeper goes off and then all of a sudden it's just like, sorry, babe. I'm the type of person... Gotta go kill Saddam Hussein. Oh, yeah. I'm the type of person that it's like, I, for me, every holiday yeah. or occasion is like super important to me. I can tell. And I want it like a very specific <laughs> way. Yeah. Like I plan it a month in advance and you have to be there. It's like, if you're not there, then then that's like, I'm not okay with that. So yeah, um, yeah, I definitely could. What is it about that. holidays that's so important to you? Do you just feel like it's like memories? You need to make memories no, of somebody? No, not at all because it's like... So, you know what, going back, talking about, like, childhood, it's, like, that's how, uh, so the place I grew up, it was, like, gray and rainy all the time. Everyone has a really bad SAD. So I was, like, super depressed. Seasonal affect disorder. Yeah, seasonal affect disorder. Um, That's how I would get through the year is I would focus on the next holiday. So it's, like, once Valentine's Day was over, I'd be, like, okay, great. I'm going to, like, be all about St. Patrick's Day and I'd, like, decorate for it and get ready for it. Oh, my gosh. St. Patrick's Day. You didn't celebrate Columbus Day, did you? No, but every single thing. You're, like, yeah, I killed a bunch of indigenous people. I would do um, (laughs) Valentine's Day, St. Patrick's Day, uh, Easter, my birthday. (laughs) You're nuts. No, I'm not kidding you. Like, my dad's birthday. um, what, like Mother's Day? You have like an Easter Father's bunny, Day. like outside of your apartment that's the size of the Goodyear blimp. Like, it's like I an go, inflatable. And I like still, to this day, I go all out for everything, like 
even Canada Day, even though I'm in America now. That's like, adorable, but also July psycho. 4th. <laughs> I know, I know. Like I get the little stickies for the windows and everything. Halloween's yeah. a big Halloween's my like one of my favorite ones. Mm-hmm. Halloween and Valentine's Day. Halloween, Halloween and Valentine's Day. I can my big that. ones. Yeah. yeah. And then obviously Christmas and New Year's, but yeah. And I like let everyone that's important to me know like this is a big deal. <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I can't yeah. just let it go. And so I still do that to this day. That's just like how I how I focus through my year. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, it's uh it's weird, like the holidays. I, I love them. You know what it is? Christmas is is my favorite. Mm-hmm. And um this last year I went into full time, like to where no side jobs, just making all my money off entertainment, but right. I also have no extra money. Yeah. Like whatsoever. And I, I could not buy gifts for anybody. Mm-hmm. And uh like I really want to give to a lot of people. And I think that's why Christmas makes me sad. Yeah. Because it's like, and you know, everybody always says things. They're like, we are just glad to have you here. But let's be honest. Like, people don't hold it against you. Uh-huh. But everybody likes gifts. I remember I, like, when I was a little kid, I, I had the Hootie and the Blowfish Cracked Rear View Mirror CD, or Cracked Rear View. Uh-huh. And I made a cassette tape of it for my mom. Oh, yeah. And, like, gave it to her. This. And she's like, I love it. <laughs> And then I'm like, yeah, now I realize, I'm like, she didn't love it. Yeah. You know what I mean? She just has to say that so I don't go up and, like, murder people. Totally. You know what I mean? She, of course, she's got back, I love my Hootie and the Blowfish cassette. Yeah. So you don't grow up and, like, just butcher a family, oh, yeah. you know? You have to, like, give false hope to your children. Uh-huh. But it's like, you know, I mean, I want to buy really nice things for people. Uh-huh. And maybe that is from like some sort of broken place to where I feel like I got to buy people's love. I don't know. Yeah. But I, I really want to give people gifts that I care about. Yeah. Christmas is You know what so I mean? It makes expensive. me sad. I can't do it. Mm-hmm. And I love capitalistic Christmas. I love the fake snow. I know we talked about yeah, this. Yeah. We both love it. Nat King Cole. Like yeah. I buy into all of it. I want to go inside Target and I want people smiling at me. <laughs> and I want there to be a Santa Claus who's been overworking, you know, child labor hours for like 16 <laughs> hours. You know what I mean? Well, like there's like Aaron Neville Christmas covers like playing mm-hmm. over like the cotton candy looking snow. Like yeah. I want all of that. All of that. I believe it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's like that's what it's about. That's what it's for about. For me it's about that because I'm not religious. So I'm like for me that's what it's about. I am, but like I don't look at that as – I. a lot of people like Christians, they're like, oh, well, the, the Savior's birthday has been completely overtaken. I'm like, you do realize that Christmas is an amalgamation of a lot of different things. We tacked Jesus onto it, but Jesus was most likely born in the summer, according to most historians, <laughs> A. B, you know what I mean? It's like, it, it's it's an amalgamation of a lot of things. I, I do celebrate that, yeah. and I'm like, happy birthday, Jesus, in and, and my head and my heart. But at the same time, I also don't think that it captures like... I know what Christmas is. It's a lot of it's pagan, a lot of it's yeah. a lot of different beliefs and things mm-hmm. rolled into one. So it's like I don't know. Yeah, it's I'm a like whole I like I like I like the season, you know, I like yeah, all of it. You totally. Know? So yeah. I had a girl at the dollar store I was there buying like stuff for New Year's Eve and uh, or not dollar store, it was Party City. And uh it was what was it? It was the day before New Year's, the 30th, and she was still saying Merry Christmas. And I was like, oh, Merry Christmas. She's like, well, actually, it's not over. Like in my religion, I don't know which one it was. One of the She's like, Scientology. <laughs> she's like, we celebrate Christmas every well, day. She's I'm like, like, no, it's 12 days of Christmas. So the she explained the 25th is the first, and it goes all the way to like the sixth or something, yeah. like Epiphany. And then, and then they can take down the tree. And I was like, I didn't oh, know that. Wow. I learned something new. I was like, so Christmas for them overlaps with New Year's Eve. Yeah, there's a lot of different there's a lot of different things in people's denominations. I respect everybody's 
religious beliefs, yeah. whatever. Like I can't keep. But up, I am not. I yeah, I am not religious at all. And and everybody says that I am because I am a Christian. I believe in Jesus, uh-huh. but like I am like so uh, un dogmatic in the sense of I don't know if that's the right word like I believe but it's more like I'm not like um what's the word I'm not like I'm not any type of denomination uh-huh. like I don't go to church every Sunday like I have a relationship I can't with God go to church like, yeah I, I have a relationship with God and I'm like very raw and honest yeah. too like and I'm like God knows exactly what I'm thinking like I'm, yeah. I'm not trying to do like weird rituals yeah. to make him not throw dishes at my head <laughs> and I think that's what a lot of religion is it's like okay yeah. let's let's try not to piss off this capricious God yeah. and that's not the way I view God like I view God yeah. like I relate to him like I'm talking yeah. to you right now uh-huh. that's how I talk talk to God. Right. And I have a reverence that's there, but yeah. like, you know, I'm like, I still believe I'm talking to God, but like I, and there is a, an awe, but there's not this weird, like, you know what I mean? Like tapping thing. And like, it's like, okay, I've got to do this. And then I got to do this. So, you know what I mean? I have to light a bull on fire. So God's not going to be mad at me in the morning, you know, whatever yeah. it is, r- religious tradition you come from, I respect it, but I don't think that's engaging God. I think that's like rooted in fear. That's yeah. me, though. Yeah, oh, you know. totally. You know. And I don't think it's important to, like, I don't think you have to go to church to be uh, any specific religion. Like, I don't think that's... No, not at all. Well, in the in the, in the the Bible, the church, it represents people. And it represents anytime it's in Christianity, anytime it's talking about the church, it's talking about people mm-hmm. that believe in Jesus. So yeah. you have to think about how unorthodox this is. Because in, in, originally, there was no... Um, Greek Orthodox Catholic Church, any of that, like it was people meeting up in each other's house Uh and the Roman government was like persecuting them because they're like, these people are not following the Roman festivities. Mm -hmm. And the Roman government actually called them atheists because they just assumed, because the Romans weren't atheists. They Mm -hmm. believed in like a lot of multiple gods and stuff. So it's like, that's where the whole like feeding to lions thing came from. And then uh, Constantine like kind of took over and then it, a lot of stuff got politicized and yeah, stuff like that, totally. you know. But it's like if you go back to the source and just read like the story of Acts, it's like totally different, you know. It's like it's people drinking wine in each other's houses, you know right? what I mean? Yeah, like which is awesome. I don't know. I'm pretty anti-church personally. Just yeah, like, I was forced to go as a kid. It were was you like, Catholic? Yeah, we were Roman Catholic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was a lot of my Catholic friends have that. But they the had a thing lot is, of it's like them. I think my parents were only going because. Their parents, like my grandparents, it's tradition. It yeah. was important to them, and then that was like they felt like they had to instill that on me. But thing, the reality is, I don't even think they wanted to go, and then they were forcing me to go. And because I was forced to go, like kicking and screaming, crying, it made me hate it. You know, maybe I wouldn't hate it so much today if I hadn't been forced to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so then when I was twelve, I was just like, "Bye, I'm out of here." And yeah, I hadn't totally. been ever since until actually this Christmas Eve. I went because I was with um, Adam's family, and. Uh, and they go to church. I'm not sure even which which denomination of Christianity it was, but it was like I, the weirdest thing was like the church didn't want me there. Like I felt super uncomfortable, like not welcome. Like this wasn't the place for me. And then I wasn't even there like 15 minutes, and I was suddenly violently ill. And I spent the rest yeah. of the time puking my guts out while everyone else. Uh, oh, totally. Their mass. I've I've felt like that at a lot yeah. of churches before, to where. Um, I'm like, these people don't want me here. And, no, and, and like, it's like they could smell I'm very, that I was like not one of them. <laughs> right, 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 right. And I've had that before too because I'm like very honest. Uh-huh. And um, 
I'm not like like I don't believe it's like a sin to like cuss and stuff no, like that because it's, it's not. just a word. It's, it's just a word. It's just a word. And so I'm like action. just very very like gutter with like you know everything. Uh-huh. You know what I mean in terms of like I just I say what I think and, yeah. and stuff. And most most of the like churches that I've been around have not been welcome to that. I started going to a house church, which sounds very culty. Uh-huh. We sacrifice a virgin every, you know, every Sunday. <laughs> oh no, but I started going to a house church and um, that was really cool. Uh-huh. But I remember I went to this church, which was really cool, called Oasis. And uh-huh. um, the pastor was reading uh, Bible verses off of his Kindle, uh-huh. you know, and I remember this girl that I was dating, she was Catholic. She was, Fran- some, she was from France and she leaned over and she's like, why is the pastor wearing a deaf leopard shirt and reading Bible <laughs> verses from a Kindle? <laughs> yeah. Like, because it's, or she, she didn't say pastor, she said priest. Priest. She says, yeah. why is the priest reading Bible verses from a Kindle and wearing a deaf leopard shirt? <laughs> like, it made her uncomfortable because yeah. of the informality of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I think and that's it's way like, better than, like, when oh, I'm yeah. in a church, I feel like I'm in a cult because, like, totally. everyone's wearing these robes and they're saying candles the same and thing in time. And, like, everyone knows the same hand motions. I can't do it. I can't get I down just, with it either. I can't fit yeah. in. I'm sorry. Like, nothing against it, but it's just not for me. That's not, no, I'm the same way. I'm like, not it's not for me either. But everybody's you know? got their own thing, you know? Everybody does, you know, yeah. but I think that... Um, I just preach positivity. If you optimism. do believe in if you do believe in God, you have to think like... it. A relationship's a lot harder mm-hmm. than rules. You have to think about it. Like, mm-hmm. if you were to believe in God and you're like, okay, I have a relationship with God, that's actually a lot harder than, than rules, because rules, it's just like, okay, I'm just controlling all this shit. I do this and you just leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> that's what it is. You know what uh-huh. I mean? Yeah. And it's like, but I don't know. I think that positivity is very important mm-hmm. as well, mm-hmm. you know? But <laughs> I, I, do you ever feel like you're too positive? I'm, I, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I started thinking about that recently. But I don't want to – I like that about me, actually. I don't want to change that. But by too positive, I'm not saying, like, you're really, really optimistic. I'm saying, like, you deny certain things. When things are bad? Yeah, are you ever in denial? Like, um, like the, where you don't feel your feelings, basically. You know, I'm getting Dr. Doctor Phil on you a little bit. But, like, no. do you ever get it to where you're like, everything will be okay, everything will be okay, and you're about to chip a tooth from grit in your teeth and tears are, like, forming at your eyelids? No, I'm pretty good at being, like, this is what's wrong. But I usually yeah. don't, like, portray that to the world. I just give that to one person, and, and that's Adam. Uh-huh. But, um, no, I think, like, not too much positivity, but there's – I definitely have this, like – when people are are afraid or have fear, like when they're taking a risk, I like don't have that. Like that just that yeah. doesn't that alarm doesn't go off in my head. Like oh, like do you get anxiety? You could die though? doing this. Do you get anxiety though? Like let's say you were going to put up a show, uh-huh. um, or let's say you got a co star role tomorrow uh-huh. on Criminal Minds or whatever, yeah. and it's it's a really big role. It's your first TV appearance. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> would you be? Would you be? Not, not that you would sabotage, but uh-huh. would you be nervous? No, I wouldn't be nervous for that. Things that make me anxious are when it's like I really like my like organization, my OCD, like the routine I get in the morning. If that gets fucked with, then I'm like super anxious. Yeah, I feel I out can of relate my skin. To that. It's like I need to do, you know, I need to do the same things in the same order. What's every your morning day. routine? Oh, it's really long. We're not gonna go through it right now. It's oh like damn! I really wish very, you would tell me because I I have one too. Very long. <clears throat> Like, obviously, making the bed, I drink a cup of tea and I drink a cup of coffee. Um, I do for, like, about 10 minutes, like, some abs and arms. I, um, like, the whole, like, getting ready in the bathroom, that's, mm-hmm. like, a whole process of skincare stuff I do. <laughs> um, yeah. And I'm one of those people that, like, do you ever, 
have you ever met a person who's OCD and they count when they do things? Maybe. Like I'll, I would like count what you mean. Like a metronome? No, yeah, almost. Like, like makeup, count. one, two, no, three, no. four, swipe, three, five, six, seven, eight. No, I'm like counting in my head like um, while I'm like stirring the coffee or like brushing my teeth or brushing my hair. <laughs> I know, it's weird. But I, that's going on no, inside my head. It's funny. No, everything you're saying I can relate to. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of – I'm not saying I have no tendencies, but I think I've reversed a lot of my OCD. Yeah. From uh, a lot of different things because I did a lot of a ton of CBT, cognitive mm-hmm. behavioral therapy. Uh-huh. See, I probably should have done that, but my parents were like, "Oh, she's fine." And then we didn't do anything. Yeah, you know, here's the thing though with with all that stuff, you can sometimes it depends on how much it's affecting your life. Yeah. I remember when I first uh, got out here, uh, I was <laughs> I was like, it was gosh, like I I, I was working really hard. But my first year out here, I would go out at night every night and do stand-up. But mm-hmm. I had like a five-hour morning routine. And oh, I wasn't wow. like working a whole lot. And oh, I remember- I've, I've been a two-hour person. My friend called me from CBS and, and he goes, he knew what I was doing. It was really bad OCD. Mm-hmm. And like I had a bunch of texts because I had my phone on silent. He, go, he goes, stop meditating and get over here to CBS. <laughs> <laughs> like he knew what I was doing, you know? He knew the order. So he he knew like, the like, order because he lived with that. me. <laughs> yeah, he just said that. He just said, and, and even the other day, because it's not that bad anymore, uh-huh. my morning routine. The other day, my friend was like, yeah, he goes, well, Matt, you're kind of selfish because he doesn't understand OCD and he took the OCD for selfishness, which I can be selfish. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to deny that about myself. But I was talking about arguing with this girl. I was like, I don't know if I want to be in a relationship. He goes, well, you're kind of selfish. He goes, he goes, you don't want to distract her from your nine-hour morning routine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but like you can relate because uh-huh. when you're when you, you're in the prime of OCD, mm-hmm. there is that thing to where – and I think she's the same way too. Mm-hmm. I don't think she would call it that, but I think that she's probably has a little bit of like, I like order structure, the, the things this way, I need to do this and yeah. that. Because she won't talk to me until she gets her stuff done. Yeah. You know, and we're both kind of like that. Yeah. And I think the fact that I haven't known that she's like that has made me mad mm-hmm. at her at certain points because I'm like, she just didn't want to talk to me. Oh, yeah. It's like, no, she's doing her routine, yeah. her ritual, whatever. Totally. Or when someone you know? like interrupts me, it's like really stressful. Do you get mad at them? Yeah. Like, I, I, I snap at <laughs> Adam all the time. It's like, don't interrupt uh, me at this moment. Like, I'm busy. <laughs> and does he get mad? Like, or does and then he, he doesn't understand. Then he gets mad. But now he's like learning. We've been here a year, so he's like, yeah. Tell him to read some books on OCD. Yeah. It's it's like stressful. You I know. read a study whenever I was reading books about OCD one time, uh-huh. and uh, they would take these patients who. Uh, <laughs> There was all kinds of OCD they were talking about in the book. There was one guy who he was so terrified that whenever he was on a, like a, a train track that he was just going to run and push somebody <laughs> in front of the train. <laughs> and you're not going to do that with OCD because that's not what you do, but you just have these uninterrupted thoughts. So he would do rituals to make it go away, like tapping the handrail. Yeah. And the, the psychiatrist was like, you're not going to do that. Uh. And he trusted him so much. So he took him to the train tracks uh-huh. and he's like, don't do it. He goes, what if I push you in front of the train? <laughs> and so he's standing on the edge of the train and the guy gets down. He's like, Wah! as soon oh, yeah. as the train starts coming. Cause the thing about it is, is people with OCD, 
they have the same thoughts. Everybody has these thoughts. Mm-hmm. Like, wouldn't it be horrible if I just reached across the table <laughs> and hit Haley Ray in the face with this bottle and just spit water in her face and started tap dancing on the table naked? Like those kind of things. Maybe not everybody, but it's like you, I'm not considering doing it. I'm just a weird person like that tap dances. But I have that impulse control that's like, no, but people who have OCD, uh-huh. I think they call it scrupulosity yeah. where it's like religious OCD. <laughs> yeah. You're like, oh, I'm bad because that came in my head. Matt. And you're I have trying to, to tell control you, everything. You know I don't I mean? have that thought. <laughs> I, I, Jim Carrey actually did a stand-up bit about it one time where he's like talking about how uh, we like the difference between people who are insane uh-huh. and people who aren't are people who can just control those impulses. Uh-huh. He's like, wow. He's like, I could just punch him in his face right now. Uh-huh. And he's like, he's like, maybe I should drive my car into oncoming traffic. Or I, I, he's like, I cut my tongue while I'm shaving. Yeah. Like I remember when I was a little kid. That was me being humorous. I don't like contemplate those. I things. know. I know. I know. But um, like when I was a little kid, I would have those thoughts, uninterrupted thoughts, where I was like. What would my teacher do if I just jumped up on the desk and kicked her in the face? Uh-huh. And I wasn't considering doing it. It was just these yeah. impulsive thoughts that would pop in my head. Uh-huh. And you start to think you're bad for it. But anyways, another test that they did was they took people with OCD who were germaphobes uh-huh. and <laughs> they rubbed their hands all over the ground oh, no. and then strapped them to a bed to where they couldn't like wash their hands and their hands oh. are like stuck. And you hear from like the long <laughs> corridors, torture. like some sort of an insane asylum going, no, please. And they're just like screaming and their hands are like strapped. Oh my God, that's awful. Their hands are strapped down. I'm laughing, but it's like that. But it changed, it changed their that. brain because they realize oh they're like, I'm not going to get AIDS because I touched a mall floor. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, you never so know. So it's like, hey, you never know, you know? <laughs> it's, oh yeah, so it's like, you know, the whole the whole gamut of insanity, guys. Oh, goodness. We're all goodness a little gracious. insane. Some we more than are. others. Some more than others, yeah. but you know, it's, uh, mm-hmm. I feel like you have, I know we got to get out of mm-hmm. here. I feel like you have all of your stuff out there though. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I feel like yeah. you're, you're crazy. Cause I have no you're shame. Pretty, you're pretty, yeah, 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 yeah. Your crazy is up front. Yeah. And because of that, you don't have this inward shame to where yeah. you're walking around against yourself yep. because you just say mm-hmm. what it is. And I think that is such the best antidote. To keep yourself from being like, like a weirdo that that's self-loathing. Totally. Like 99% you know? of my friends are like, when I first met you, I thought you were a crazy bitch. And then they're like, but then I got to know you and you're actually really cool. Why do they like, think that about you? Thanks. Um, they just think I'm crazy. Like, I don't know. I guess. Because, because of your upfront honesty? I'm like over, a, a lot of them have said, it's like, I'm over the top, like friendly and outgoing and honest when I first meet somebody. You know what? I think that's good, but it's also because. It's rapport. It's like, I'm like, you're great because you're just like me. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) that's what people do with each other. They're like, I like you because you're like me. That's why people like each other. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, oh, I get you. It's like, like, I get it. You know, I'm like, you should be that way. But, you know, there are also other people who are going to be like, no. Yeah. I mean, there are people who just want to enjoy life and not psychoanalyze everything. You know what I mean? Like, who just don't always want to be thinking about like the deeper things. They're like, dude, I just want to have a beer and watch like, you know, coach with Craig T. Nelson. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to think about this. I've met girls that I'm like, oh, I love this girl. She's just like me. And that other people are like, that girl's crazy. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I am too. But to people that, you know, are, you know, and just kind of mm-hmm. happy with the way things are, you probably are crazy to them. But yeah. it's like, I mean, hey, 
You yeah. know, do you really want to be like that anyways? Just somebody who just accepts everything at face value yeah. and you just, you Life know. Life would be pretty boring. Oh, gosh. And you long. know what I mean? You look forward to the weekend all the time. Oh, my gosh. That is no way to live. you got to love Monday. no way to live. Guys, yeah. love Monday. Love every day. Love every day. I guess yeah. we need to sign off because the, the next group is actually group is here, here. So, yeah. guys, thank you so much. I'm actually streaming this as well. Woo. So, on a, an app called UpLive. Guys, download that. UpLive. UpLive. U-P-L-I-V-E. So, thank you for watching UpLive. And, guys, this has been the Stressed Out Podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, you know who we are. Yeah, Haley Ray. And Matt Jones. And next week, we will be back to normal with our... Uh, David Lucas. With our buddy, our, our our faithful leader, David Lucas. Our buddy. You know, just like the toys in to- Toy Story. Or the <laughs> aliens that are like, it's like later. <laughs> yeah. We like look to him to take us aboard a spaceship. Totally. All right, guys. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> Bye.